Hi, and welcome to the second episode of Queer and Divine Conversations of Spirit and Pride. I'm your host, Lily. My pronouns are they, them, theirs. And today we have a super fun guest, Miss Jenna Weber. Jenna, welcome. Thank you, Lily. My name, again, is <laughs> Jenna Weber. My pronouns are she, her. I'm a junior at Elon, so that means I'm year 2023. I graduated in yeah. two years. It's weird. It's Jeez. weird. Um, and I'm an art major, recent art major. And fun fact, um, I want to let you all know that I do not condone this or think it's a good idea in any way, but I drank 900 milligrams of caffeine one day. Oh my god. And I'm, I'm alive and here, and I don't do that anymore. Okay, so when we very first, like jumping right in, when we very first met, you had emailed me about potentially wanting to be on the podcast, and the moment I saw your answers on the thing, I was like, yes, this person needs to come on. And I think it's because some of the things that you discussed about your family background were very interesting to me as somebody who grew up with a lot of those families in my community. Yeah, so I grew up conservative Christian. I went to a private classical Christian school from junior kindergarten to 12th grade. There are a total of 250 students in the entire school, um, and my mom worked there. So, so really fun stuff. Yeah, really fun stuff, and literally classical Christian and conservative Christian was just embedded. But to... classical Christian, what does that exactly mean for you? Um... Honestly, that that's a good question. Like, we learned how to do logic and rhetoric and Latin. Those were key things. So it, it was kind of ironic. I was learning to defend a belief and points of view that I didn't agree with. You know, we had Christian Mind my senior year, and we talked about how a woman should act, how a man should act, and mm. that was it. So gender was a very strong aspect of your, like, early, early education. Absolutely. And there were no other conversations of, well, why don't we talk about this, too? It was male and female, and here are your roles. Yeah. You had a very, you were taught a very strict gender binary, is what it yes, sounds like. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That's tough. And I, uh, there's a, you know, kind of classical... Christian school in this area, and I had a friend who was like, yeah, I'm learning Latin. And I was like, but Latin is a dead language. And he goes, exactly! It's so pointless! <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, I think the fact that you were able to recognize that when you were younger already has you set up on, like, a better, more logical path, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so that's our that's our background. What is your family like? Um, okay, so I am the odd one out in the best way possible. Mm -hmm. um, my mom and dad both went to actually Wake Forest Law School. Um, my dad did law for, I don't know, a few decades, and then he was a judge, and now he's has a farm. So, kind of crazy. He really went all over the place with he's, his great choices. He's all over the place. <laughs> um, my mom got her law degree, worked at a bank, um, and then she worked at my school, as I mentioned earlier, and my brother is now a financial planner. Okay. And I make the joke, I do art. <laughs> I'm living my best life. <laughs> They're bankers and lawyers, and you're like, I like art. Yes. And uh, and being myself. <laughs> yes, being me. Yeah. So I'm assuming that your parents were not the ones taking you to any pride events, right? Oh, absolutely not. No. Um, even, like, social justice, um, like, all the rallies that happened last summer, um, my mom actually discouraged me from going to that. 
because it was unsafe or, or things like that. Um, so the it deeper ex- meaning was yeah, really there. Yeah, it extends even beyond sexuality and just everything. Mm-hmm. Okay, but moving to sexuality, because you brought that up. Yeah. Um, you have a very interesting kind of coming out, getting to where you are story with some... I would say tumultuous relationships in your past <laughs> as, as a polite, as a polite nod yeah. to you. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I guess honestly, like the quote unquote normal age of dating, I started dating guys. Um, it was never a question of, Oh, like, you know, what, what do you like, who do you want to date or whatever. It's like, oh, what guy do you want to date? Mm. You know? What's oh, his name? What, what's his name? Like, oh, yeah, how is he? Um, and so I kind of just continued on that mindset. Like, I, I was still under my parents' mindset of just their impressions and, like, what I should do with my life. Um, and so I dated this one guy, actually, and... You know, I did the scandalous thing of we went to the mountains alone together. Ooh. Oh, no. Yeah, like, oh, my gosh, we were alone together. Jeez. Well, um, funny story about that one. You have one. to be married for that first. Oh, my Young gosh. Lady. Married for at least a year. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, like, on the way back from the mountains, we were just talking, as, as you do, and I was asking him some questions, um, and he told me he was a Freemason. Which is? Um, it's, like, a group of... Only men who meet weekly, and it seems like this weird undercover, like, grouping. I don't even know how to explain it. There's a word for that. I think you're leaning towards maybe cult, perhaps? Yeah, and that's that's the funny part, is he wasn't even a Freemason, which is borderline cultish. He was actually in a cult. (laughs) Um, yeah, I I asked him some questions about the quote-unquote Freemasons, because I have known a few. Mm Mm-hmm. And he wasn't answering them directly. And then I asked him, just point blank blunt, have you practiced sacrifices? And he just, like, dead looked at me. And he was like, um, I can't answer that question. And, of course, sacrifices in, in certain contexts, if it whether whether it be, you know, like a, a, a sacrificial lamb in certain religions. There's totally a, different. There's a, there's a totally completely different. different, not bashing sacrifices, but bashing this man's choice of sacrifices. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, if you're, you know, practicing sacrifices in the basement of a secret organization. Sounds a little sussy. So, it was kind of this weird moment of, that wasn't even the thing that made me break up with him. <laughs> like, you said, you said, that wasn't even the line. We went, we, we still dated. <laughs> yeah, and I kind of realized, actually, probably within the last week that I was just normalizing what I thought it was to like date guys Mm. and just kind of sacrificing my own quite frankly respect for myself yeah and and what I don't even know what the word is like just standards Mm -hmm. um to be in a relationship with a guy yeah and I guess during this time I was really battling like oh well well what if I don't want to be in a relationship with a guy. Like, what does that that look like? And that question opens up a a lot of conversations and a lot of, like, deep self kind of talk. I'm I'm assuming, I I bet. Absolutely. And, like, it was easier for me to basically push that off and stay in a relationship that was literally with a guy in a cult (laughs) than for me to address those questions. And I had just pushed them down for so long. Like, even 
even in middle school, I had, like, had those thoughts that kind of came up, and then, you know, high school hit, and... Is this my best friend, or do I, like, I have a crush on her? Right, like, oh my gosh, she's so cute now, like, I really want to kiss her. (laughs) That's how you treat your best friend. (laughs) And then someone's like, no, no, that's definitely not a straight person thing. Right. What? Oh, we we don't all think that. (laughs) We don't all think that. Best girlfriend's weird. Weird. Is that just me? Yeah. So that was, yeah, I completely get you because middle schools, I feel like, is such that phase where everyone's having, like, their first very childlike kiss. Like, it's the kiss where you kiss for a second, you're like, we made out! And everyone's like, no. And, you know, to be the one person who either has their first kiss and is like, I didn't feel that, that was not a thing for me, with somebody of the opposite gender, or you're like, I want to have a kiss with that girl. Yeah. With that, or if you're a guy, with that guy. And having that realization that, like, oh, that's not what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. Yeah. Did you have, like, a first crush you could identify? Um, I would say yes. So, I obviously had, like, oh, like, they're cute, like, yada, yada, yada. But the first one that actually sent me, like, into total confusion was actually the beginning of, like, my quote-unquote sexual sexual awakening. Please tell me <laughs> what year was this? What year? Was this? <laughs> eighth grade. Why is it everyone is eighth grade? It's like I have to oh, figure man. myself out before I get into high school because that's when I'm a real adult. Yes. So I played volleyball from six to twelfth grade, which is that's a bisexual so girl's dream. <laughs> it's a bisexual sport. Lesbians um, play softball. Bisexuals play volleyball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so that was actually um, my really, really good friend in eighth grade. She was on my travel volleyball team, and she was the first pansexual girl that I'd ever met. And pansexuals even are are rare, like, even now, currently, today. Yeah. And so, I literally did not know anything about it, and so I had a lot of questions for her, like, you know, what does that mean? Like, who are you into? And she was really patient and understanding and answered all my questions. Um, And, of course, we were best friends, so she came over and, like, spent the night, and... Oh my gosh. I remember one night, like, so clearly in my mind, we were in my basement, and we were just, like, snuggling, and I was like, As friends do. holy shit, I, like, I want to li- kiss you, like, ah! And... The gay panic. The gay panic, like, what, what the hell is happening right now? Um, and you don't learn about it in sex ed. It's no. not. It's not available to you in any romance books. No. It's, it's you know, when you're a little kid... There's just none of that is it teaches you anything, so you hit it, and it really is the gay panic. That's yes. the most accurate way to describe that feeling. Yes, and like we were, I don't know what we were doing, but then she like actually kissed like my shoulder, and I was like, holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was like freaking out, and I'm pretty sure like like we did basically everything but kiss, like in a non sexual way like shoulder kisses back kisses like you know the back you were, massage you were, ro- you were roaming around the area yes. of we're having something happen yes and obviously like at the time I thought I was straight because I didn't know any different and she was openly pansexual and so I'm sure she was waiting for me to like do something and looking back, like, I totally would, so, you know. You look back and you're like, damn it! <laughs> yeah, I missed that opportunity. Um, and so that was the first time that I actually had a massive crush on a girl. And, like, the next morning we woke up and went upstairs to breakfast. And my mom was like, oh, like, how did you girls sleep? And I was like, 
<laughs> you said stop asking me questions, woman. <laughs> I would like to end this conversation now. Yeah. And even today, my mom asked me, she says, oh, do you keep in touch with Julia? And I'm like, no, I haven't actually talked to her in a while. Um, you know, but... <laughs> and everyone, I think, remembers the first, you know, whether it be the first person you had a crush on or kissed or had sex with, those milestones, They're you know, huge. They're huge. And I think that oftentimes straight people don't realize the impact of those things because, you know... It's, oh, well, I, I lost my virginity when I was 17. But, like, losing your virginity when you're a woman with another woman is not, it is not, it's, an, it's uncharted territory. Yeah. yeah. And Nobody you know, talks about it, like you said earlier. No one talks about it. And it, there's a moment, I don't know if you've seen Easy A before. No. Okay. Great movie, you should see it. Okay. But one of the characters, they're pretending to have sex so that the boys will stop bullying him for being gay. It's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting plot, but... She goes to take off her underwear to put them on the door so no one can pee through. And he sees her pulling off her underwear and he goes, Ugh, no, 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 no. And she goes, jeez, what do you gays think we have down here? A gnome? And, like, that's a very accurate representation, I think, of, like, having same-sex sex for the first time. It's just like, I mean, I have this part, but it's never talked about of what to do with the other person. Right. It's like, we both have this part now. Yeah. Yeah, in, in the, you know, that kind of sexual education is not provided to us in most, I say most, all public school settings, and often most private school settings as well. Yeah, and even going, or especially going to a private classical, like, Christian school, yeah. we didn't have sex ed, we didn't talk about sex. Okay, so tell me more about that. Like, we, you know, when we did the life science, or whatever you call it. Like, I would not know. You're going to have to, you got to oh, give me some more information. Okay. I've never heard so of life science. We had life science, not sex ed. We spent... A pro-life version of sex? Um, no, it was just about, like, we talked about how babies are formed, not about how they're born, or what to do, or, like, periods, oh. or boners, or sex, The things Literally you're actually anything. asking about and wanting yeah. to have, like, an understanding. To yeah. Them. So, we learned absolutely nothing except, um, a fetus is a fetus, and that's about it. We spent, I think, a whole 45 minutes. And we didn't learn how a fetus is, it has come to be? No. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And when what age were you when you had, like, a sex education Oh, course? I think about 10th grade. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was See, not... See, I had been in 5th. Yeah. It wasn't even talked about. Mm. And, oh, my gosh, if you mentioned sex at all, you were literally sent to the principal's office of, we need to discuss this, this is not appropriate, oh. yada, yada, yada. And, of course, in a school system, there's appropriate and inappropriate ways right? to have sex. Right? Making sexual jokes in class, probably not. Right. But, you know... I would remember in English classes um, in early high school, ninth and 10th grade, we were discussing a novel in which one of the characters was talking about, like, oh, I want to kiss this boy, but um, that would be sinful. And just talking about, like, the sexual nature of relationships in literature and how the puritanical culture has, like, shifted that throughout the last, you know, 40, 50 decades. <laughs> and 40, 50 decades. 40, 50 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that, you know, I think that I was given the opportunities in education to discuss those things in a way that wasn't, like, shameful or funny. Because the funny one is, like, you, like, say, like, oh, well, the characters have sex, and someone's, like, <clears throat> in the back of the room, and you're, like, no, but that's actually what happens. Like, yeah. it's it's not implied, it's flat out said. I can't imagine being in a school system where, 
the word sex has become dirty when, you know, it's, it's the reason all of us exist. Every single person on this earth exists because of sex. Yeah, and even just way broader speaking, uh, my senior year of high school, everyone has to do a thesis. Mm. And it's like a 20-minute speech with a 20-minute uh, Q&A afterwards. And being me, I did mine on women in the workplace. Nice. And so um, one of my teachers decided to tell me that I should do my thesis on how women and men, um, basically men and women roles. So, you know, the woman is the wife right, and the cook right. and the cleaner and the man is the one who makes the money. Right. Mm. Um, and instead I did it on how women are literally badasses yeah. and literally just owned it and answered all their questions. And it was, I think the first time in the school's history that a senior had done a thesis very contrary to what the school believed. Mm-hmm. And I got, I got a lot of backlash for it. Um, was it mainly backlash from educators or from yeah, peers? Yeah, both. Okay. Um, I had some students that were trying to pull in church and state and wow. women's place in the church and women's place in the house. As, yeah, because women don't belong in, in a pulpit. Right, right, absolutely. Like, they belong in the house while church is going on. <laughs> like, not, not, yeah. It was a hot mess. Um, but it was so empowering because I think that was the first time that I actually, quite frankly, stuck my middle finger up to the school. Yeah. And And that's scary. It's terrifying, especially at these people I'm supposed to highly respect. And, I mean, you can respect people and say your mind, and that's what I didn't realize Mm -hmm. until I did it. Um, My respect for them didn't change, but their respect Respect for me Respect for people and respect for beliefs are different. So different. In the same way that you can respect your family member, but not respect the beliefs they have. Yeah. And there's a way, you know, F you Uncle Don is different than being like, I don't agree with you and I'm going to leave the situation. (laughs) Right, right. That's kind of where I am right now. It's just, how do I respect and love, I mean, my family especially, um, we're getting broader now, um, and our, our beliefs don't line up at all at this point. And what they want me to do is not what I'm doing. And so I'm trying to navigate those waters of, I did it in high school. But now it's my family, and Mm -hmm. that's different. It feels different, at least. Um, It's terrifying. Yeah. No, I can understand. And I, you know, again, I'm in a privileged place where my family and I's beliefs, majority of the time, line up pretty, pretty solidly. Um, but you know, there, there's even, there's, there's certain things that we don't agree with, whether, I mean, my parents don't like tattoos. Same. <laughs> they've gotten, they've come around to it because all my tattoos have like pretty awesome meaning and they're really well done. But when I told my mom I was getting my tattoo for the first time, she was uh, less than pleased. Yes. Not her favorite. Um, but I think that now when she realizes that they make me happy and that they've yet to hinder me from getting a job or a promotion or an internship, you know, there's, there's less of the stigma associated, which is kind of what I'm hoping is going to end up happening more so with queer relationships both in real life and in you know tv and film is that the more and more people see that they're really not harming anyone the less stigmatized they become exactly and what you said about you know they make you happy and it's such a hard balance of this makes me so happy and I want to pursue it wholeheartedly like you get that seed of happy you just want to plant it let it grow and like absolutely follow it to the ends of the earth and then someone's telling you, no, mm-hmm. you you can't have that happy. But it's like, it's it's my happy. How does it affect you at yeah. all? 
It doesn't. And it doesn't. I'm, I'm me not... holding hands with somebody that I care about is, yeah. you know, not harming anyone involved. Yeah. And I always love when people are like, you know, well, what am I going to say to my kids? And I'm like, your kid is stuffing his face with a graham cracker right now. I don't think that he's understanding the, the magnitude of sexuality as we walk down the street. And if he is, your kid is a savant, put him in educated school. Like, he seems cool. But, yeah. you know, everyday interactions with queer people are not going to shift, you know, children's realities of the world. And if they do, good. It's making them more of a loving place. Yeah, it's making the world more of an open place. Mm-hmm. And especially, you know, as society is sort of shifting to being more open, I feel like the, the next generation, I feel really old as I'm saying that, but they're being brought up in a way that's honestly just more open about mm-hmm. talking about things, whether, you know, parents are going to still raise their kids with their beliefs. And I think we'll see a change in that aspect and in, in our generation, like in yeah. the millennials, Gen Z, whatever you want to call us. Um, We're a lot of different people. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, everyone. Um, but I think just hopefully it, it's feeling like people are more willing to talk and be open and actually listen to others and like acknowledge that if it's making someone happy let it's not hurting you you at all and that's just that's a really encouraging thing to think um especially just having it have been a little bit more difficult yeah um not even difficult just difficult to navigate I guess well you didn't have like a wealth of resources the way that yeah. a lot of different queer people have. Yeah. And I'm right in thinking you came out like this summer, right? Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> that's a fun story. Um, I worked at a camp this summer. Um, I had shaved- Indoctrinating children, oh, right? Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> good number, good number. Um, I, so I, I shaved my head in November. I had gorgeous long blonde hair like the- Very feminine, I'm assuming. Very feminine. Mm-hmm. Um, shaved it all off, almost made my mom cry. Um, then I dyed it blue, then I dyed it pink. And I say all of that because I went to camp with relatively short hair, like a, um, I don't know, a, a four on the sides and like a, an inch or two on the top. For those of you non-queer people or <laughs> men with short haircuts, uh, I think it's important to say that those are, uh, razor-like yes. extensions. Yes. I knew that one. <laughs> Go me. Anyway. Um, so I, I went to camp with short hair for, for a quote, a girl and this or whatever. And camp for kids, I'm assuming? Yeah. Yeah, it's a camp for second graders to seniors in high school. Massive wow. range. And so my hair was also pink at the time, and I was a camp photographer. And so I guess when I got to camp, people just sort of assumed I was queer in some way. Um, there are very few straight people who shave their heads. Women, yeah, and and identified folk and diet pink and are a camp photographer and have tattoos. You really like got all the checkboxes. Yeah, I really did. And you were um, like, I'm still straight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, about two weeks in, I guess, um, one of my good girlfriends she asked me. She said, "Hey Jenna, are are you bisexual?" And for the first time in my entire life, I actually answered the question, yes. Like, no one had asked me Snaps. straight up. Yes. Snaps. That moment. Yes, good. No one had asked me straight up if I was ever bisexual. And I been hinted at. Yeah. Like, people just kind of assumed, um, especially after I, I shaved my head and checked all the boxes, <laughs> um, looked very bisexual. Um, and I guess just the freeing feeling of actually have, say, have said that, to have said that out loud, 
um, was amazing. And I went the rest of camp completely out and open. Um, and it wasn't until after camp, about two weeks after camp, um, that I started to be anxious. And I realized it was because I was completely 100% myself at camp. And then I came back home and put myself back in this little black and white bubble. Mm. Um, and I was living in, in the gray world of colorfulness, you know? That's, that's the best way I can describe it. Of My family is very black and white. I'm very gray, but a rainbow gray. Okay. Um, yeah. And so now I'm trying to balance what life is like at Elon. Like, I'm out to my friends... Um, and people I want to know, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, the people I really care about, because everyone else, like, I don't really care if they know or not. Um, Which is a freeing feeling. Yeah, it's very freeing. You know, being out to certain groups of people and having to kind of re-closet yourself yeah. is a not great, you know. It's not. And every time I'm around, I'm not out to my family, um, they don't know. And so every time I'm back with my family, it's actually funny like, I, I saw my grandparents this weekend, and I genuinely asked my roommates, I said, do I look very gay or gay enough to pass as straight right now? Interesting. And it was this small feeling. Like, I, I felt like I was a child trapped in my high school self again of... I should go on a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. Um, and... I, I just felt, like, trapped all weekend, basically. And I love my family. They're amazing. Um, we just don't get along all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I kind of have to front myself um, when I'm around them. And, I mean, that sucks. Like, yeah. it, it really does suck. And then I, I came back here, and it's not, like, a switch that I can keep turning on and off. Mm-hmm. It's just, At a certain point, you become the you you're supposed to be. Yeah. And it's no longer something where you can, you know, when your hair's longer, you don't have tattoos, and when yeah. you're able to, like, straight pass physically, yeah, that gives you the ability to, like, mentally turn things off. But if yeah. you're, you're physical, mental, all of it is matching and feels secure, Yeah. gosh, that sucks. Yeah, and it's so freaking empowering when I wake up with my short hair, and I can dress, like, however the fuck I want to dress. Which is very like, gay, I might add. It's very gay, and I love it. Like, like, it's a podcast, so we can't see Jenna here, but if, if, if you know, listeners could, you'd see a very bisexual person. Absolutely. Um, and it just feels amazing to be myself, and it sucks to kind of have to turn that off, because I wish everyone could get to know the real me, rather than the me that I have to be around my family right now, because yeah. I'm not... I'm not 100% out. Yeah. And that's a decision that I, I'm i not ready to make yet. And I'm assuming probably not one when you're still being, I'm assuming, educationally supported by your family. Yes. And that's the real... That's a huge piece of it. Um, my I'm, I'm blessed because my mom is helping me with tuition and, and housing, and that's amazing. Yeah. And I, I'm still depending on her for a lot of things, and at that comes kind of this loss of me living my free life loss yeah yeah you know it it, and that's the hard part I think a lot of queer people face is would I rather have educational financial any kind of housing security yeah or be with who I want to be and dress how I want to dress and express my gender the way I want to express it yeah and for you know those of us who are luckier we have always had that security and known it so coming out was like 
whatever. Because right. some people, like, my parents were like, oh my god. And I was like, y'all knew. Yeah. Like, <laughs> maybe you didn't, but you should have. Yeah. Um, and I think I sometimes forget about that privilege when I have friends who are like, oh, well, I've got to, like, take my piercings out before I go home. Yeah. Or I'm going to, you know, like, pin my hair in, like, a beret or something, mm-hmm. like, cute yep. before I go home that, like, makes me look a little less, you know, a little less androgynous in the style. Yeah. And how that just, like, feels is, like, not a, a safe and, you know, loving feeling to yourself, even. Yeah. And that's a thing, a bleh feeling. Yeah. And I think not being true to myself is probably the hardest thing like you said, it's, I know who I am, and that's the hard part now. Because mm, you've hit the point where you're like, we're here. Yeah. We've arrived. All right, now Mom, what? Dad, can you arrive with us, please? Right, right. Can you, can you hop on the train? Yeah. Okay, so we've talked a lot about, you know, your family and the kind of way you grew up and how you, you know, moved through life in the schooling system you were in, your potentially, you know, cultish boyfriend, we, yeah. sh- we shall say. Yeah. Um, I do have to ask, what was his name, if you're allowed to tell me? I feel like it has to be a not great name. Yeah. Um, his name was Alex. Okay, Alex is not as bad. I it's was, an I was A waiting. name, though. It, it's not a J name. Mm. J names are the J names are the bad name. That's true. That's the name that, like, not... If you had been, like, Jason, I'd be like, ooh, girl, no! Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, so Alex is... I was hoping for something to be, like, super cultish, like, I don't know. I feel like Malcolm is a very cultish Ooh, name. Yeah. It has, like, very sinister feels to it. Yeah, but it's also a cool name. Yes, and I also want to think of Malcolm in the Middle, which is obviously yeah. not very cultish. <laughs> I rescind the Malcolm, I stick with the Jason. Yeah, I, I would say Jason, probably because yeah. I think of, what is it, the horror movie? Is that a horror movie? Jason? I don't watch enough horror movies to know, but I'm going to, like, say yes. Yeah, we'll go with it. If yeah. it's not, it needs to be, because it sounds like one. Whether, whether or not we agree about the horror movies thing, I will end up finding it and I'll text you and I'll let you know. So we both know about Jason from something. But I do think you're right. Um, one of the things that we did a lot, like, last kind of season of Queer and Divine, and I want to really bring back to this season and be very intentional with, is asking folks who come on the podcast advice they have. Um, whether that be advice to their younger selves, advice to kids in the future, any kind of anything that could be important to somebody listening. So, do you have anything? I have so many things that I would love to say, um, but at the end of the day, just choose yourself. People are always going to have a problem with your decisions. They're going to find something wrong with what you're doing, but your happiness is truly the one thing that matters most, and it's the one thing that you should never sacrifice. It's going to be hard. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not saying that is an easy choice, but... The only person that you have from birth until death is yourself. You live with yourself every single day. So if you're not doing what you love and what you think is right and what you agree on, like why why are you you get one life. doing it? And you know, not to simplify with YOLO, but kind literally of literally YOLO. Do what you love mm-hmm. and and be the person you want to be. Be whoever the heck you want to be. Because, truly, there's no one else like you. I know that's so cliche. No, I know. It's not cliche because sometimes cliches become too stigmatized that you forget they are cliches because they're said a lot because they're good. Yeah, yeah. And it's so important. Do what you love and be who you are. That was such good advice. Oh, my gosh. Couldn't, literally could not have said it better. Had everyone say it better myself. Um, 
thank you for the advice. I super appreciate it. And I'll have to probably keep that in mind when I'm thinking about decisions I'm making because sometimes it's like, oh, what should I do for other people? Exactly. Yes, help other people. But at the end of the day, you know, be there for yourself and your wants and your needs. Yeah. Um, thank you so much, Jenna, for coming on the podcast today. I'm really, really glad we were able to make this work. If there's anything else you kind of want to say before we, like, pop on out? Um, honestly, that's it. I, that's it. <laughs> I, I honestly want to say, like, if y'all haven't heard this in a while, I love you and I'm proud of you and you will always have people, even if you don't know them, that are, like, cheering you on. They're in your corner. That are on your side. So there are people here that are willing and already do love you and support you for who you are. And you don't need to change. So <laughs> YOLO! Live your best life. <sighs> love it okay listen in um i would say next friday but it's going to be the next friday after that because we're doing a bi-weekly thing um for another special super fun guest uh potentially one of my friends who i've been hoping to get on for a while so it will fingers crossed be him um thank you for taking the time and the space to listen in with us and you can find us on our instagram it's at elon spirit and pride all one word this has been queer and divine conversations with spirit and pride